Welcome to another episode of Our Boys in Green. Nick and Martin here tonight. No, David. Martin, you abandoned me last week, but I'm glad you're back. It was it was a bit awkward going solo, but look, someone had to keep the show going, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, to be fair, you've done a great job with it as well, so it's hard to do it on your own, as you were now. So, uh, yeah, fair play. You have Very to say good. that, though, Martin, don't you? You have to say that. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it, actually. You know, I, I, I liked the peace and quiet. It was great. <laughs> no arguments. <laughs> no arguments. Yeah. No arguments. And And to be honest... It's a great time to get David on, isn't it? I mean, he's in his element at the moment. I mean, I know, I know, uh, maybe we're laughing a bit at misfortune, but, you know, I, I think a war podcast has to be incoming soon. Yeah, I think that's why David's not on tonight. I think he's probably, he's probably broadcasting all around the world on different podcasts. He's an exclusive uh, content provider, definitely, for that. I mean, my, uh, he, he had his, um, he had his flight booked. To Kiev, didn't he? He had his flight booked over to yeah. Ukraine for the, the Nations League, and I think he's raging. I don't think he was even going for the football. I think he was just going for the war. <laughs> just to see, ho- hoping that he was there when it did kick off. I mean, the, the mad thing is, obviously, it is very sad and stuff, but like he was messaging me thinking I knew what time kickoff was, and he's, <laughs> he was trying to get in tight with his flights and things. And then I said to him, you know, that will be a that will be a different time zone with us, and this could leave it quite tight for you. And then he was having all sorts of problems with it. As to be fair, a lot of Irish fans had booked the Ukraine flight, so look, we know now it's going to be a neutral venue for that one. We're just obviously waiting for, for confirmation of that, and I know they don't, they've got a bit of time to confirm it. But I think again, I'm hoping the FAI are going to put a bit of pressure on and get that out because that I know this is kind of kind of take advantage of the misfortune of, of Ukraine with what's going on. But that would be a trip now that a lot of people will go on if it's like in yeah. Poland or Germany. Um, and that will probably be for the benefit of Ireland in a way that we will be able to bring huge numbers to it because a lot of people I, weren't going to go. Yeah, I can imagine it being in Gdansk or something somewhere yeah. like that, you know, probably Poland or it could be in Hungary. Didn't we play the, the neutral did, game yeah. against Qatar there? So, you yeah. know, it could be, could be somewhere along those lines. It'd be interesting to see anyway, another, another trip for us at least. Yeah, um, I'm in the process of getting my my Scotland trip. I'm only back from from Edinburgh, and um, I'm, I'm going to get that trip to Glasgow sort of for September. So looking forward to that. It's just a great great place, mm, great yeah. place, Scotland. And and I know, like, do you remember when the draw came in? We said, ah, oh, Scotland sure it's only a stone throw. But like when I was over there last week, I was like, oh, I can't wait to come back here for a football match. Yeah. Great country, great country. Um, so right, we'll launch into it. Uh, so as always, we're going to bring an update of how the guys and girls got on across the water over in England. As I said last week, we know the League of Ireland is back. I should be at both St. Pat's now, but I'm recording instead. Isn't that commitment to the cause, Martin? That is commitment to the cause. Commi- I'm really commi- with that. Commitment to the cause. And we, we will hopefully bring more League of Ireland stuff. Um, but as you know, it's a, it's a massive undertaking. We do we do a huge amount of thralling through different stats, uh, looking at different players. Uh, we look at a huge amount of clips and different videos and and so on. Um, Martin, you were at Old Trafford over the weekend, so you didn't manage to get as much football. Um, no Irish on show there, unfortunately. No, no, I was very disappointed as well. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't really want to go into that, to be honest. <laughs> I'm so just. I've been up to Old Trafford three times this season. I've not seen United score yet, and I've seen them lose twice. So yeah, that's we'll Man City see. and Wolves. So that's not good. Um, yeah, you, you need to stop going. I don't think it's me. I just think, I don't know. I mean, it's it's mad. We, we've gone a lot like Keane wants to see Ronaldo play and that stuff and, and has never seen him score. And he's actually scored twice when we've been there, but just disallowed um, for offside and things <laughs> like that. It's a bit like that crazy cup final yesterday um, with loads of goals in it. And no one seemed to know what the score would have been if they'd have all counted. But uh, Yeah, for sure. And that's where we're going to start off with our review, I suppose. So Queeven Kelleher, of course, the, the name on many people's lips. So, 
essentially scoring the winning penalty yesterday. I mean, he didn't save any, did he? But uh, he, he's he's kind of the main man that's that's in a lot of the snaps and a lot of the pictures this morning, isn't he? Because not only did he score the winning penalty, a no-look penalty as well, but um, he was very assured throughout, Martin, wasn't he? He was very, very impressive. And I, and I think, um, you know, a, a few of them were at him, but... You know, like some some shots right at him, but some of the some of the reflexes were excellent. Even the the Lukaku disallowed goal, even the effort to get across there, um, he's looking very assured, isn't he? Is, is he pushing for the number one spot? It's so hard, isn't it? It's so hard to know. And it is. I mean, look, this is really hard for me to say this, but I was really delighted for him yesterday. I mean, I was even. It, this just shows me where I am with football at the moment. Um, no, it's not good. Same as myself. You know, and yeah, 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 yeah. We're just we're Man United fans, obviously, and you know go to Old Trafford, go to regular games, your biggest rival's Liverpool. But I actually posted before the game yesterday, all right, okay, with what's going on with Ukraine and Russia and stuff, Chelsea are very unpopular at the moment, and always are in my mind anyway. But, you know, I really want to keep him Gallagher to do really well in the final anyway. I didn't really care who won or lost, but I was actually delighted for him that he'd done that. I think, I know I talk constantly about the profile of our players, but it's really weird. I was thinking about this today, I'm thinking, Bazunu's save in the penalty shootout uh, no not a penalty you know against Ronaldo yeah over Farrell yeah I mean that that raised his profile obviously with Ireland player Ireland fans and you know internationally to some extent it all right Ronaldo went on and took the plaudits because he broke the record that night anyway um I mean it would have been better really for Bazunu if he'd have stopped him doing it that night and the penalty save it would have got a lot more acclaim obviously but that was fantastic that night. Kelleher now has actually done it on a bigger stage, hasn't he? Um, and yeah. he's getting applauded for it. I mean, it couldn't have worked out perfect for him to be a hero, scored a winning penalty. He just came across really well in the interviews after um, as well, even hearing Klopp talk about him. And in the build-up to the game, you know, it just shows the faith that he had in him that he said, no, I'm sticking with Keeve. That's what he calls him. Um, Keeve. <laughs> yeah, Queeve, Queeve. I'm sticking with Queeves. And uh, he, um, but even after the game, you know, he just said like, it was amazing for him to do so well. Um, delighted for him, obviously, scoring the winning penalty. Um, and just, you know, that he believes that he's the, the the world's best second choice goalkeeper because he believes, obviously, Alan's, Alisson's uh, the number one in the world. But I just think it's brilliant. I love seeing him with Alisson after as well because goalkeepers, as we know, a unique breed, how they interact and stuff. And I see that a lot with our three goalkeepers, yeah. and, uh, Dean Kiley. You see them on the camp. You know, you're not going to get in there unless you're, your competitor for that one spot is going to make a mistake or injury. So you're getting in on their kind of misfortune and yet you're bonding an awful lot over it. I mean, I know we, I mentioned, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I listen to the Fozcast quite a bit with Ben Foster. And, it, and again, he obviously interviews a lot of keepers. A good listen is the one with Rob Elliott, who played for yeah, yeah. Ireland. Newcastle and Ireland, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was saying like, you know, how close he was it, it getting in there for 2016 and then injured himself before the Euros. Um, but you know, goalkeeper. He often talks about how they are such a unique breed. These goalkeepers, and and they are. If you think about, it. we all know they're nuts. But it's brilliant at the end <laughs> of it seeing Allison getting along so well with with um, Queen Kelleher. And you know, he had his day yesterday. I mean, it's brilliant. You're seeing everything on Twitter. You're seeing all the Irish fans from all club supports. Are, yeah, supporters are are raging about him. You know, like absolutely delighted for him. It's fantastic. I think. So calm. There's one thing that kind of stood out. I mean, never mind like the, the saves. There's a lot of close range saves and point blank saves. But there was one there was one ball into the box from Chelsea. Now, it was actually a pretty poor ball, but it was floating towards the the very edge of the box into the corner. And Kelleher comes about nearly 20 yards out and he just just claims it's so cool and collected and, mm. and very calm. 
Um, and what I like about him and Gavin Bizzunu, and part of the reason why I think they're kind of getting to that, you know, um, like we talk about elite and then there's getting beyond elite and then there's kind of, you know, being up there with the best. There's none of this, like, nonsense with them, is there? You know, you don't see them going around their Gucci gear and, you know, um, posting about disappointed with the results, going to bounce back for next week, all that shite. You don't see that from them. No. They have a completely different mentality. You know, they're they're not li- living the celebrity lifestyle. They're they're living the lifestyle of professional athletes that want to make it to the very top and want to keep improving. And it's it's kind of the common denominator with them. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out for March, though, isn't it? I mean, you, you'd imagine, one, you know, they'll probably pay, play each game, won't they? Like, Bazuna will probably play against Belgium and Keller will probably play against uh, Lithuania. You know, you'd imagine you'd imagine that's the way it's going to go. And then poor Mark Travers, <laughs> who, um, who's had an excellent season. I mean, he's got like 11 or 12 clean sheets. Hasn't he? <laughs> he's he's, uh, he's kind of chipping away in the background as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out for them. Definitely will be. I mean, Pazunu, you know, we we know that, again, he's flying away, like, playing really, really well. There's been a lot of speculation about him as well, where his next move's going to be. Yeah. Um, even, obviously, Grieven Keller yesterday, they're saying, oh, how can he be number two now? He's got to go and get football and stuff. Even Redknapp's talking about him. I thought it was very interesting, Carragher, who had said, you know, they sh- he doesn't doesn't like the fact that, you know, Allison wasn't playing a goal yesterday. And he said, oh, he fully put his hands up and said, you know, I made a mistake with that. This guy's done really well. Fair play to him coming in. You know, again, it's just their profile being raised. We're in a really, really good position with the goalkeepers. And, yeah, it's a really good point make, um, mentioned in Mark Travers because he's been in brilliant form. And he was just the unfortunate. He got in the position as number one at that game, made the mistake. Pazuni's got in, never looked back. And and that was at the expense of, obviously, Kelleher being injured. Yeah, so yeah. it's just easy, small, fine margins that allow you to get the space. I mean, I still believe Pazunu is the number one at the moment. And, sadly, I think it will be... It will evolve that it'll be when one of them, the justification for dropping Pazunu will be either injury, loss of form dramatically, or if he's not playing enough wherever he goes right for his next move. So that's going to be really crucial for him to do. So many factors with goalkeepers because only one of them will play and there's no point in him just being on the bench um, yeah. anywhere. Well, not the first time we said it, but we should probably just play Kelleher in midfield, you know, and then yeah. maybe leave it at that. So moving on to the defender, so have, having to start off, Matt Doherty, don't we? A goal and an assist against Leeds, um, of course, for Tottenham. Uh, so scoring after only a few minutes, didn't he? And then he set one up fa- fairly soon after. So another guy who's who's actually, I wouldn't say he's in form, but when he's gotten the chance in the last three or four games for Conte, because I know Emerson um, is kind of the, the first choice there at the moment, but he played a little bit of left wing back and he did get a couple of starts played in Europe as well didn't he and he's he's looked good like he's 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 actually he is hitting his own little vein of form um even if his his game time is inconsistent and I mean only in January they were saying he was going to go back to Wolves and as soon as Conte came in as soon as Emerson came in they said well you know he's not going to be here um probably past the summer but when he's getting the chance uh unlike at the start of the season he's actually taken it and and the goal is something that he desperately needed to kind of uh, top off that that mini run of form that he's had. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. When a new manager comes in, obviously, it's a new chance for you. If you, you know, he was moving on, wasn't he? Let's just be honest. He, he definitely was, you know, really linked with everybody um, that he was going to be going back to all. So she said, but like, it, it shows you again, fine margins. New manager comes in, he can prove himself completely to him. Yeah. He has got that adaptability being on the left or the right. It's interesting. I was, I was looking it up today and 
you know, Conte said he's another player improving, working very hard. He's improved a lot. He's a serious guy. I like him. If he plays or doesn't play, his commitment and his attitude is always at the top. Well, that's what we want to hear from all our players. You know, we've we've had too many players who, you know, like you just said about the goalkeepers with their profiles and stuff, not being too flash. We want our players working really hard and being grounded. I think he is one of those, Matt Doherty. I mean, I could I could yeah. name a number of them who just, you know, I just think, oh, it's all gone to your head, like. Yeah, you... but but the thing the thing with Doherty, and I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie, like, I mean, he 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 actually grew up literally five minutes down the road from me, and I've I've seen him out locally, and you know, the kind of um, you know, his his fashion sense might be questionable. But what I would <laughs> say about him, what I would say about him is, I did read an article not too long ago. Um, I think it was about two years ago when he was still with Wolves. And he pretty much said that he had a very, very poor diet. Like he was eating a lot of, I think it's when he just went over to Wolves and he was eating a lot of processed food. It was probably his first time living outside of home or whatever. Um, eating a lot of sugar, drinking a bit or whatever. And then he said, no, I have to reel this in. And he he cut out sugar. He, cut out, he com- completely changed his diet. And that kind of coincided with him uh, hitting form for Wolves. Uh, this is before Nuno came in. Nuno Esprita came in. He was actually playing as a left back, and I think he got the player of the season for Wolves. But this all coincided. And then when Nuno came in, he did have that transformation into the kind of marauding right wing back. And when Conte, I mean, when Nuno came in, we, we kind of thought it was a match made in heaven, didn't we, for, for, for him, yeah. for Doherty and Spurs. But Conte, a lot of his uh, his style of football, a lot of his his philosophy does revolve around wing backs and, and wing backs who can get forward and, and who who can uh, who can create. And as I said, Emerson has come in, and I mean he's been very hit and miss. But but Doherty is uh, he's kind of shown. Well, now I'm being challenged and I have to up my game. And he is taking um, he is taking his chances. Now he did he was awful in a few games, wasn't he? I think it was against Arsenal. He was he was really really poor. Yeah, great boy. Um, you know, I think he was playing as a left back and and so on. But he, he's feeling the pressure, and he is one of these guys who has worked. As I said, he completely changed his diet. Um, I think he cut a cut out drink as well, and I can say that firsthand because I I actually saw him, um, on a night out in my local with an ex Ireland international, who I won't name, who would be fond of a, a gargle, and um. <laughs> And Doherty, Doherty was not drinking. He was not drinking. He was drinking sparkling water. So, oh, right. yeah. So, I mean, I think I think that speaks volumes in terms of his work rate and in terms of his profile. And you know, there there isn't the same fluff that you see from from some Ireland internationals who are who are kind of going off the grid. Uh, so, just kind of staying with with some of the defenders. So, just a few other players to mention. Um, so Louise Quinn. So a clean sheet and a goal in Birmingham City's one nil win over Durham in the Women's FA Cup. Daryl and another clean sheet against Jimmy Dunn's QPR. Dan McNamara, another clean sheet as well for him in Millwall's 1-0 victory over Sheffield United. So, of course, John Egan um, featuring in that game. And Stevens and former international Dave McGoldrick out injured. Uh, Sean McLaughlin, a player I have tipped to be maybe a wildcard inclusion for, for the March fixtures. Uh, a clean sheet in Hull City's 3-0 win over Peterborough United. And I suppose kind of moving into the midfield, um, we're going to talk about a couple of Irish goals at Portsmouth. But Katie McCabe, I know we mentioned Louise Quinn in the, in the Women's FA Cup. Katie, Katie McCabe also in action in the Women's FA Cup playing against Liverpool um, for Arsenal women's team. And of course, uh, you know, Leanne Kiernan, uh, Megan Campbell, Neve Bahi, a lot of a lot of Irish players at Liverpool. Um, an absolute screamer from her. If, if anyone didn't see it, I do um, advise you to go onto Twitter or anywhere because, I mean, it's just a, an unbelievable volley from the edge of the box. Just showing her class again, Martin. I, is she our yeah. best? Is she our best footballer, like men or women's? 
I know like you have to kind of put it into context and you have to you have to recognize that that they are different um types of games and and it is almost a different discipline in a way um but she's probably our our highest profile footballer at the moment and probably our best footballer at the moment men or women's I think yeah, she's just technically brilliant. Like I think even if you think about um, just like her profile in the women's game as well, like she's 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 a lot higher rated. I think in my mind for even some of the girls she plays with for Ireland and stuff. Yeah, like, she's the one we go to. She's the one um, you're looking for that little spark sometimes. Um, and that goal the other day was just incredible. I mean, um, it's not as any easy skill to execute that. <laughs> I'm trying to make out how I can do it. Um, but uh, no, she, uh, unbelievable goal that was. And um, I've, I've, another thing I noticed from, I think it was from that game, I think it was that Liverpool did a really classy thing. I think they presented Neve Fahey with a lovely thing before the, the game. Yeah, in, that's right. In, yeah, yeah. In kind of, you know, the respect of her getting the over 100 caps for yeah. Ireland. So um, I thought that was really quite nice as well. Um, but yeah, the goal, I mean, yeah, like you said, go and have a look at it because it's just an incredible hit. It's, it's all, almost a year to the day. I think she did it, not a volley, but it was an outside of the the box strike again with her left foot, I think it was um, a, a year ago. So yeah, she, she's got there in her locker. We know that. And that's one of the things that Kate McCabe, even for the Ireland team, you know, she plays left full back at times. Um, yeah. She's actually really creative going forward, and she's a goal threat then. So I think that's, I mean, as I, I think I said before, I went to see the Women's Cup final, and they, all right, they lost to Chelsea. She didn't really get into the game that much. But again, it's her adaptability goes against her a little bit because they want her in the team and they can play her everywhere. But then she doesn't get a run of actually where she's most dangerous. So that's the only thing I would say that's kind of a negative for her in her development in a way. I mean, like she play, yeah, she played left wing back for Ireland, and you wonder why she doesn't play a bit further up. A bit like David yeah. Alaba. She, she's very similar yes, to David Alaba it. in many yeah. ways, isn't she? Yeah. Like kind of a, a left wing back by trade, but she could probably play. I think she played as a left side of centre half at one stage for Arsenal, which, which just shows her versatility, uh, considering she's so creative. And then she played in midfield as well for them, same as Alaba. So, you know, she, she is essentially the Irish David Alaba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on to more midfielders. So back to the men's game at the moment. So, Here's a throwback for you, Martin. Anthony Pilkington, um, a goal for Fleetwood Town in the 3-3 draw with Portsmouth. And Portsmouth did have a 3-0 of Irish goals. So Marcus Harness, who does qualify for us, and then Ronan Curtis and um, Aidan O'Brien also scoring for Portsmouth. So those three, Martin, they're, they're hitting a bit of form. Aidan O'Brien moved on loan from Sunderland, and, and he's got a couple of goals. And I think that's his third goal. Uh, Curtis, after getting in the team of the week, Harness, uh, a guy who I dismiss very, very quickly. But any time I watch him and any time I even watch highlights of him, I think he, he, he would offer something very different to Ireland. He's a very, very tricky player. He's he's good low centre of gravity, very technically good, very powerful on the ball. Um, those three lads will probably get plenty of attention, especially with Gavin Bizzuno in the team. They're probably getting a bit of scouting, aren't they? Sean, Sean, yeah. Ragadashi, Sean Ragadashi is worth mentioning too. Centre half is eligible for, for, for Ireland, is playing for Portsmouth too. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a valid point about the scouting. You, you know, they, they are just kind of keeping their... You know, when when the report goes back to Stephen Kenny, it's all oh, these players played. Oh yeah, that's a name I know. Oh yeah, he plays or he's eligible. I mean, it was for, for the Wales away game, wasn't it? In the uh, lockdown, when we yeah. had loads of pullouts, uh, was when Harness first got called up that time. Um, don't really think he's kicked on from there. I'm not sure about him to be honest. I just think there's probably more quality out there. Um, but I mean, it's great for him again, scoring goals. Curtis is another one as well. I mean, I think we've chatted on this quite a bit about him. I think he he falls short for the what we need again um i think he'll he'll always it's be a, one on the it, it's all context for those kind of players isn't it because i mean 
I God, I know I, I probably slate them a bit, but like you look at the likes of Alan Brown and does it for club and then international level, it just looks a step beyond them. And and even like higher profile players, if you look at some England, ex-England internationals, uh, Ian Wright, uh, Matt Letizia, like there's so many quality Premier League players who just couldn't hack it at international level. So there, there's no... There's no major shame in it, but we also have to be realistic. And, I mean, you look at some players who, who maybe weren't incredible domestically. Look at Sean St. Ledger, for example. And he, he just took to the international scene, um, like it up to water. So it, it's it, it's all within context. But I think I think with Curtis, even though he's he's scoring a lot of goals, he's getting in teams of the week, he's getting a huge amount of assists, can I just add as well. Uh, he He's just shown time and time again, same as Sean Maguire, time and time again that either physically or technically, he's just not really um, cut out for the international game. He will be someone, I think, in about two, three years' time when he's not, you know, he's not being picked for Ireland at all. He'll he'll be looking back thinking, uh, he'll kind of revise history perhaps in his head and think, well, I actually did play really, really well for my club all the time and I was always consistently making assists and scoring goals and I never really got a chance. I think that's how he'll look back at it. Um, and he will have had a chance. He will have been in squads and stuff. And I think he's always one of them who just, he'll go and he'll do a good job training. You know, he'll make it competitive for everybody else. But I don't think he's ever going to be in the starting 11 and he's just going to be in periphery of the squad. He'll probably be the one left out as he has been of match day squads. And that's not a criticism of him. I think that just kind of will be comparing him to people who are available at that time. I think he'll only get minutes for Ireland when the availability isn't there of, of better players and when you're kind of rewarding him for his constant attendance when he's called up and I wouldn't knock that but I just think he's not one that you know I'm excited about to be honest I'm not thinking in two years time you know there's, there's, I could name 10 players who I would be thinking or could be going to a Euros in hopefully two years time or yeah. a year's time and he wouldn't be one that I would be caring if he wasn't available all around then even in contention for the squad because I think I will actually cope without him there, there's so. so many there's so many lads ahead of him even like Anthony Scully I know he's been kind of in and out of the, the Lincoln team because he's he's been injured earlier in the season but you look at someone like him and you just look at his movement and his technical ability and you know he he, he is a very good finisher like Curtis but you kind of think if he was given a chance um you know, would he be a little bit more suited to the international game? Because they're both playing in League in League One, but even like Chidozio Benny, same level. Um, you know, having a good season with Rotherham, but his stats are nowhere near Curtis's and, and he already looks a more comfortable player at international level. So it's just interesting how, how some make the transition and some don't. Yeah, that's it. I mean look I was just looking quickly there. Twenty eighteen I think he was called up for Ireland. Now we know we've had the lockdown yeah. uh, the lockdown games and things like that. Um He's had seven caps. I don't think I think he's always kind of missed out. Like sometimes, as I said, match day scores, he's not not been given a go, and he he would have played again in some of them kind of smaller profile games. But he's not one that I would think about. It's weird. I think he's a little bit one of them in in his comfort zone with the club. You know, he's linked with a lot of different moves at times, but I think yeah. he's just one that um, he's he, he was. He was, I think he's on good money as well where he is, and he's he's well respected there. Um, although I did, I did notice, I, I read that he. You know, copped his ear to the fans um, after the goal the other day, and he kind of, I think it was, he, he's come out afterwards and said, you know, it's just, just to kind of say to them, you know, keep supporting us basically because yeah, I think they have been getting on their back a little bit, Portsmouth. Absolutely, and um, you know, I think it's worth mentioning. Sorry, I was, I was actually nibbling on a bit of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Professional. It's been, a lo- it's been a long day. I need a bit of a sugar rush. So, 
It's <laughs> worth mentioning as well. So the Kassam Stadium in Oxford. So two Irish assists, one from Mark Sykes, who, of course, is eligible for Ireland. He's having an excellent season uh, for Oxford. Uh, they play Cambridge. It's almost like the, the super university derby, isn't it? Cambridge against <laughs> Oxford. Who got the assist for, for Cambridge? Oh, was it Wes? Wes got another assist. Oh, there yep. you go. Yeah. So a goal last week, I think the week before, wasn't there that clip of him kind of running the pitch? Yeah. 40 years of age. He's old enough to be my father, Martin. Well, he's, he's not actually. But, um, <laughs> he's not actually. Well, maybe he could, you know, he, he's from Cabra, like my mother. So um, you never know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, another assist. Um, unfortunately, the, <laughs> the international game is is well outside his reach. And then uh, Graham Carey, another assist for CSK. Sophia, so of course he got a hat trick of assists last week for CSK. Sophia, thirty two years of age. I compared him to Wes Houlihan last week. <laughs> um, you know, similar kind of player, very creative, left footer, same kind of age. Wes got back into the Ireland squad, but maybe a little bit of a step beyond. But who knows? Who knows? Stranger things have happened, and. You know, Stephen Kenny is going into a, a new era with this Nations League. So who knows? Grant Carey, Expos, that makes it even better. Yeah. So you never know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So uh, sadly, we are kind of moving on to more political things. I mean, there's no kind of avoiding the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and, of course, football's reaction. And the FBI have um, offered Ukrainian support and announced a Russian boycott today. So I'm sure a lot of people have, have seen that. Um, so essentially we have a, a an overwhelming support of the Ukrainian FA and the Ukrainian national team. And it has been announced that the Aviva Stadium or Lansdowne Road, as it should be known, is going to be lit up in yellow and blue. Um, well, the, the time has just gone. It would have been 7 p.m. earlier today. And as well as that, when Ukraine come to Lansdowne Road um, on the 4th of June, the Ukrainian colours are also going to be lit up in the stadium. The Ukrainian flag is going to be flown fairly high. It's also been announced that we will not play the Russian national team at any level um, or or I suppose at any um, any stage, whether it be underage, whether it be through the women's national team in the foreseeable future. Um, strong stance, Martin, but one, one that surely had to happen. And in the last couple of hours, it has been announced that Russia have been banned from the World Cup, so thankfully they won't be there in Qatar later this year. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's difficult. It's, it's you know, you've got lots of people's views on this. Everyone, I think, is is kind of of the same mindset with the condemnation of of Russia's invasion. Um, but yeah, I like the way the, the community, like footballing communities, got round. I mean, FIFA, I thought, were pretty weak initially, um, as they kind of always are. Um, but then their argument would be there's no politics in sport, and we try and keep it differently. But I think this goes beyond that, and I, I'm. I'm I know the FAI kind of jumped on the kind of bandwagon. The FA, I know, of they'll lead the way with this with, you know, countries closest, like powerhouses of European football. They'll they'll be quite prominent, I'm sure, in the, the interaction with UEFA. But, no, it's good. I mean, it's good to see. Um, and, yeah, look, it's an interesting one for us as a competitive na- uh, nation against them it, it, with the games coming up in, in, in June. Um, and, you know... I'm sure we'll be sympathetic at the time as well with how it goes. Um, but, you know, you know, I just think it's sad to see. Uh, it's, it's quite uncomfortable viewing, isn't it? All right, let's be honest. The uncomfortable viewing is obviously the, the coverage of the news over there and what's happening. But even how sport has responded to it, showing like Russian and, and Ukrainian players, footballers, boxers, things like that, how they're all reacting to it. 
Yeah. Um, quite uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know how some of them players um, have managed to kind of focus on the games. I think that's just incredible, you know, for them. Um, and yeah, no, I, I think it's, you know, I think we've responded quite well as a as a footballing nation. You know, it's brilliant seeing Seamus Coleman, you know, draped in the Ukraine flag. I'm sure that picture yeah. will go around again before um, we play them in June. But um, no, I, I just think it's good to see um, that we are united behind them of what's going on and stuff. And hopefully, look, it won't go on very long. Hopefully, you know, it'll get resolved soon. Hopefully not. Look, as a lot of people have said, you just send Richard Dunn in there and he'll sort it all out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> One thing I must say though is like um, I noticed today, like a lot of people are obviously trying to make, raise money for people in the Ukraine who are probably struggling and things like that. Um, and I know Eddie from Ireland Soccer Shirts is doing uh, some auctions of some of the items from his collection, right. James Nolan collection. I think it's worth mentioning because obviously you should give him a shout out. That you know he's a good friend of the podcast. Um, I think he's got a Robbie Keane, Trapattoni, Tardelli number ten shirt from the August game when the first game of the Aviva um, that, that signed as another Robbie King jacket as well. Some really nice stuff there. But I mean, if the money's going towards that, that particular charity to help people in Ukraine, I think it's fair play to Eddie. Absolutely. And, you know, um, a man who's very popular with ourselves and, you know, is, is selling off his collection for something that's huge, you know, so very, yeah. very admirable from Eddie. And of course, a great fan, friend of ourselves and a, a great man himself. Um, I suppose just before we finish up, Martin, you caught up with David Roach last week, uh, the the former Ireland underage physio. Really entertaining uh, interview, if I do say so myself. Like it was, it was excellent. <laughs> very, very well done. Um, interesting. Like I mean, anyone who who's listened to the podcast now, when you you coach underage or or you're into strength and conditioning, or um, even if you've had injuries yourself, or if you're still playing, do listen back. Like like it is interesting just to see the advances in sports science. Um, I know, like you spoke about kind of Brian Robson, Martin, and you you were almost saying how, you know, imagine he was playing now and, you know, would he have played as many games and so on. So it's 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 fascinating just, just to hear, but do give that a listen. And we do actually have a new series coming up. Um, I'm not going to give it away. I like to like to keep people in suspense, <laughs> but we, we do have an interesting one coming up and, and we're going to be recording that on Wednesday night. Hopefully have it out for Thursday. Are you looking forward to that, Martin, without giving too much away? I am, yeah. It's going to be an interesting one. I think a lot of people will find it um, quite informative and enjoyable actually to listen to this one. There's a lot of stuff to cover, and like not 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 to give too much away either. But the Leeds fans will will be very happy with us. I think um, they will. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we we don't like to mention Leeds that much on this podcast, <laughs> and and understandably so. Um, sorry to Oshin if he's listening. But... <laughs> But now we, we, we don't like to give them too much of a mention, but it will be one that they like. And just to give another little hint, um, I think the Aston Villa fans might find this one interesting as well. So if you can put two and two together, it might be uh, it might be a little bit obvious. Uh, so just remember, as always, we do see the stats and the amount of people who listen to the, to the podcast doesn't match up to the amount of people who are subscribed. So please do subscribe. Um, I know you're you're probably sick of us saying it, but it does help us. It helps us to kind of improve things. It helps us up the quality. Um, and as I said, the the numbers are our listening numbers are quite good, but our subscription numbers aren't that great at the moment. And and we would love to get that up. We're gonna just uh, shamelessly beg you, uh, just <laughs> like David shamelessly begs you to buy his prints. Do buy a print print off David though, if uh, <laughs> if, if you are listening. Um, so of course we're on pretty much every. Uh, platform you can think of we're on spotify we're on apple we're on google we're on breaker uh we're on Podtails, we're on 
pretty much everything. And if, you, if you're not on a platform or if you don't want to pay for a platform, that's absolutely fine. Uh, but you can listen to the podcast and our whole back catalogue on www.thegreenmachinepodcast.com. So that's our website. You can find it on all our social media uh, outlets on our Instagram, on our Facebook, and on our Twitter. It's just in our link tree there. You'll you'll find the website, but you'll also find the links to the different platforms and, of course, the articles that we've started doing in recent weeks. Um, so, of course, David and myself have done a few, and uh, Martin might do one as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Meeting, meeting Sir Alex or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I, I'll just echo what you said there. I mean, look, we're, we're doing this voluntarily. We'd love doing it ourselves. Um, and we've got some really exciting guests lined up. And it is always hard to get guests. But, you know, we are here for the kind of Irish football fans. Um, so, yeah, do give us your feedback on what you kind of want us to cover or an interesting story you have. Get involved w- with it as well. Um, because we've all got our stories of going away following Ireland around the world or even going to the home games. You know, they're, they're trips in themselves half the time. Um, and, you know, we're, we're a month away now from, you know, football back on our back where we can be there in person. You know, fi- over 15,000 season tickets have been sold, which is, I think is brilliant. It just shows you a lot of people are behind Stephen Kenny. Uh, we've got the Lithuania game as well on the Tuesday night. A good Saturday in Dublin first against Belgium, number one in the world. I think it's exciting times. And, you know, we'll be covering, we'll be doing a lot of content, won't we, in the lead up to those games. Yeah. Got some brilliant guests lined up as well and some other really special interviews I think people will find uh, enjoyable to come. And of course, we've got our war correspondent, David, who'll, who'll be there and step it away for the <laughs> for the Russian-Ukrainian war. Um, but yeah, some really good guests. I mean, Martin, you've pulled off a real coup. Um, we Again, we won't announce that. We like to keep people in suspense. Um, it's not Vladimir Putin. No. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But it is someone who who people will be very interested to hear from. So we're going someone to who had, is, is someone who did uh, have have a significant impact on the world stage. There yes, go. absolutely. But thankfully, they didn't invade any country. No, so no. We'll, we'll leave it there for this week. So of course, um, like and subscribe on all the socials. Subscribe on all of the podcast platforms. And until next week, take care.